Hey, and welcome back to Lessons in Product Management. For those of you who have already donated to the podcast or subscribed or left a review, I just want to say thank you. It means a lot. If you haven't donated, subscribed, or reviewed, it would absolutely make my day and my week if you would. It helps me do more for you. And speaking of doing more for you, today's episode is a bonus episode focused on what a life after product management could look like and sharing a path to the C-suite in a way that you might not have considered. Rich Sanchez came on the podcast a while back to share his advice on how to level up your PM career, but now Rich runs acquisitions in private equity and shares how not only do PM skills transfer very well, but how those same skills can streamline your path to CEO through a role in acquisitions. This is Lessons in Product Management. Let's get started. Hey, Rich, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, John. Absolutely. I should say welcome back because you're your second time guest. So, and, and that's that's right. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. When I saw that you had posted some of the, the metrics about your podcast, uh, I saw that I was one of the one of the top 10. So I was really honored that that, that was possible. And I figured, yeah, since then, a lot has happened. A lot has changed in my uh, trajectory. And I want to share that, hopefully help inspire other people. Absolutely. Well, you're about to have two episodes in the top 10. So, so get ready. Uh, okay, good. <laughs> good. Cool. So for the newer listeners who didn't get to hear your first episode, I know they're all going to go back and listen to it, but um, could you, could you give a reintroduction of yourself and, and where you came from and what you're doing today? Yeah, so, sure. So I have been in product management uh, for about 10 years, uh, over 10 years. And I worked at Disney I worked at Johnson Johnson some smaller startups and digital agencies. So I've had the ability to work in multiple settings, right? Large companies, fast paced, uh, smaller scale businesses. And the thing that I've realized when I made the transition out of product management is that um, a lot of the core skills that, you know, you develop as a product manager are things that can be transferred to other areas. And so the, the last podcast I talked about how you, can, how you can think about product management and the things that you learn as a product manager in your personal life, uh, but also in, in other types of uh, industries, other types of uh, spaces. So the space that I'm in right now is in private equity. So, which means, you know, we are essentially acquiring businesses, tech businesses um, that we believe are great fits for our ourselves and our investors uh, to go out and uh, make make better and then eventually sell them at a higher value, higher, higher multiplier, right? So I'll go into that a little bit more, but that's hopefully a good summary of, you know, the last podcast and then what we'll talk about today. No, absolutely. And, and I'm super curious to, to hear more about what, what you're doing now and, and like how the PM skills transfer, because I've always heard that product management prepares you well to become like a tech CEO, but like, so you're, you're running your own, your own firm. And like, I don't know what, what kind of title you'd put on yourself, CEO or, or what, but, but it sounds like in either case, like those, those transferable skills have helped propel you into a position to be really successful with private equity. So, so let's dive yeah. into it, man. Um, but what, yeah. Yeah. Just, just go take it away. Okay. Sounds good. So what I'll say is, you know, fundamentally the core skills of a product manager in my belief, my belief system is that party managers are great, uh, great communicators, right? They're able to shape a vision, shape, uh, you know, where direction of, of a company, of a product, and they do it through different 
um, languages, right? They, they talk to des designers, engineers, marketers, every single type of person is essentially speaking a different language. And so product managers have to pick up multiple languages to be able to effectively uh, operate or push this product forward. So that's one core skill set that I believe has helped me because now going into private equity, I had to learn a new language. I had to learn the language of finance. And, you know, in, in, as a product manager, you know, we do have exposure to some things related to finance, right? I mean, we're, we're looking at metrics, we're looking at, you know, performance, revenue, right, of a product. But this other type of language of finance was completely different from what I was used to. It's the language of debt and the language of assets and, you know, uh, convertible notes and, and, and all the things that you hear about usually in, in venture capital, uh, where a, a person, a founder is trying to get started, they're raising money, and, and how do you take people's uh, money and, and share that equally with, um, with the founding team, right? So that was something I needed to learn. However, because I was able to learn these new languages in terms of uh, marketing and design, my ability to quickly learn just, I mean, it, it helped a lot, right? So that, that is one, one aspect of just being able to understand, pick up new things, I think is very, very valuable, right? That product managers do really well, right? Um, the second, second thing, just, just to quickly say is the, you know, when it comes to communication, I'm going to harp on this a little bit better, you know, communication fundamentally is how the world works, right? I mean, in order to get yourself from point A to point Z, you have to communicate with multiple people. And it's no different in terms of private equity, right? And I believe that my ability to pitch and share a vision in product development, product management to let's say a team or executives was, uh, was very critical in me being able to raise uh, $16 million for our private equity uh, fund by simply applying that same concept and principle that, I mean, effectively what I'm uh, demoing or what I'm communicating is essentially this, this idea, this fund, this, this private equity firm, which will be acquiring businesses and, um, and, and to the investors or the, the customers in this case, right? It's explaining to them what is their return going to look like, right? What is, you know, being able to model it out in real time. I was actually using a lot of the product demoing skills that I've, I've learned when, when, when meeting with, you know, customers or executives. And that seemed to really get the investors excited because they could see real time what this does look like, as opposed to just talking it out, right? And sharing maybe just a pitch deck, right? Which there's something... There's something exciting when you can, when you can tangibly see something or you know have it work in front of your eyes that attracts you to this opportunity. So I'll, I'll kind of stop there. But uh, those are two of the, the, the ones related to communication. Uh, that's really cool because I know like in, in the product space, like you could use prototypes like click through prototypes or, or video demos or something to like show that tangible experience. But in the, the private equity world, working with investors, those models kind of are the the prototype of, of um, private equity, it seems yep. like. Exactly, exactly. Being able to, because every investor is has their own different risk tolerance. They all have, you know, some investors, their, their risk 
level is uh, much higher, right? That's why people jump into venture capital knowing that, hey, out of 10 bets, right, one of them is going to be success. And I'm okay with that because I know that that one is going to deliver 100x my return, right? Others are, you know what, I don't, I don't like the idea that, <laughs> that there's a potential downside at all. I want upside, as much upside, but I'm okay getting a smaller return, right? Or at least a return that is higher than, let's say, the S&P, which is what everyone usually tries to beat, right? The S&P 500. Um, and so being able to understand your investor and adjust the variables or adjust on the fly is, is what really, I think, helps, has helped me. Uh, and, and my partners uh, be able to raise the money that we've raised so far in just actually uh, roughly four months that we got started. That's cool. Now, I, I want to go back to uh, communication and, and learning new languages in just a second. But um, I think that's really interesting because in private equity, venture capital, like the, the risk game, right, of, of investment, um, like I've always heard that too, where you may invest 10 times, but one, you're expecting one of those to hit. <clears throat> so there's going to be nine failures. And I think that's a really interesting point for product managers because we're, we're going to ship features. We're going to run experiments and we'll probably have a similar ratio of success to failure. <laughs> and so I think that um, to your point, like that, that another transferable skill is like being okay with experimentation, being okay with risk. Um, obviously educated risk, but, but yeah. um, kn knowing that like being comfortable with failure and knowing that you're, you have to like swing the bat if you want to hit a home run. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know, there are, I'm not going to lie. There are some investors that, you know, their, their idea of failure isn't um, maybe the same as what a product manager would go through. I mean, to them failure because you're dealing now with, you know, their other people's money. Right. And, and right. they're putting that the investment in your hands to, to do due diligence, to uh, think for them. So that way, you know, there is less uh, failure. However, one of the things that I've done is I like to incubate these potential pieces or these ideas that we have earlier with smaller bets, right? Smaller money, I should say. And then once you incubate, that's why you'll hear a lot of times with your incubator funds or people incubating mm -hmm. an idea, you know, maybe have building up a little bit of a track record or building up some case study. So that way, when they've done that, right, in a way that's your A-B testing, you're your developing your, 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 um, your validation. And once you've gotten that, now you can go to the investors and you can say, hey, we've run this for, you know, a good amount of time. Look at the returns and we can do this on a larger scale. When they see that, they then will be eager to jump on. And so I like to think of it very similar to product, product management, product development. I remember we just do this a lot at Disney where before we launch a feature, right, we actually would test the feature out on a smaller subset of people. We would throttle our, our traffic so that way we can see, we can measure the performance. And if the feature did well, then we shipped it to more people. If it didn't, we didn't ship it. We actually, you know, analyze it a little bit better and then we figured out why, why it wasn't working. And then we did another iteration, right? So having, being able to think in that way has also been able, has been helpful for, for me to get started because I have actually been incubating these fun thesis ideas of how to um, leverage a business and acquiring a business and adjusting some, some levers of that business to improve it 
So that way, when we do improve it, you know, the investors will get a higher return. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. And, and definitely see how that translates into like um, validation, testing, prototyping, like MVPs, <laughs> like to, to prove out the, the model before you make a bigger investment. So that's, that makes a lot of sense. Um, going back to the learning new language is part of communication though, right? So I know anytime you start a new job or, or transitioning roles or companies or industries, there's going to be a learning curve just to like get acclimated to the organization. But yeah. especially if you're transitioning industries like you and I both did recently, um, yeah. there's also like a new language to learn that comes with the new domain. But, um, but you've been through that many times going from diff to different types of companies now being in private equity. So is, is there an approach that you would share with the listeners of like how you, how you tackle that challenge of learning a new language? Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of diving in at a, at a faster pace than most people when it comes to this type of stuff by taking on either going on a learning expedition, if you will, that's what I call it, right? Where for a good maybe month or so, I am diving deep into that domain, whether it's through taking uh, courses or, uh, you know, reading or, you know, watching videos, right? Like anything that I can, can take, get my hands on, I, I call it almost like, like if you think about it, um, you know, almost like in the matrix where, you know, you're in the construct and you're, you're basically going to try to download what, you know, you're, you're about to learn and you're trying to do it as fast as possible as, as, as concentrated as possible, then you're more likely to, to learn it. But I also think there's a level of application that has to happen. So for that month, I actually, you know, I start to say the words myself. I start to teach other people and, the better that I become at being able to explain something completely new to someone else, that for me is the, the confirmation that I've got, I've gotten it right. Like yeah. the moment that I can explain it to my mom or to someone else, or, you know, that this complex thing, this new thing that I just learned, that's when I, I learned, I, I know I've got it. Right. And I think that's honestly been the key to, to my success is being able to learn fast by diving in, you know, finding the right material, consuming it, but then also doing something with it as opposed to just, you know, letting it go in one ear out the other. I, I use my hands. I, 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 I create things. I almost like that in a way, almost like I'm creating a course or, or creating something for other, someone else. So that way, you know, it's double, um, double the value, right? I have a record of it. I can, you know, physically touch it. I can understand this material, but then I can also share that with someone else if they also want to learn it right and down down um in the future because everyone has to onboard right regardless if let's say you're you know you just joined this company and then you're now trying to uh onboard someone new now that can be something you pass on to someone else and then they can learn it as well so i'm always trying to accelerate the, the learning process as fast as possible because i think data acquisition especially in the curious stage is much higher um, and better for you when you're trying to learn as opposed to trying to go slow, right? Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I'm going through a similar process right now. And I, it's funny because like you're saying this and it's like, I'm actively doing some of the same things around documentation and trying to share it. And 
like this, this role in this business unit inside of the companies is new in general. So I think even our, the, the broader product team of, of devs and UX are trying to figure out like, how does this fit into the big picture? And so being able to like synthesize that, document it, uh, bounce it back off of leadership to see if, if I'm on the right track and then teaching it back to the broader team. Um, yeah, it, it, it's definitely helpful to, to take that approach for sure. So thanks for sharing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, man. So any, anything else that, that sticks out to you in terms of like transferable skills where you, you become really good at this, this core skill set of product management, um, the listeners want to go out and do something on their own and, um, and they know that these are, these are skills that they can rely on to successfully launch their own thing. Yeah. So talked about communication, another key skill that I would call a product manager is exceptional at is um, just the ability to lead, right? And, and be able to understand the team effort versus an individual effort, right? Uh, so many times I, I look back to my experience as a product manager and you're effectively the leader, right? People are looking to you to move things forward, right? You're the, you know, a lot of people say you're the conductor, right? Um, of an orchestra, you're the, uh, the movie producer uh, for a film, right? And being able to lead is, is one of those skills that you develop. You develop with practice, you develop with, um, you know, just doing it over and over. And I will say that me jumping in into private equity, it's just like a natural progression into leadership, continuing that leadership journey uh, with a new set of key team members, right? Instead of maybe having developers or designers that I'm leading, now I'm, I'm effectively ensuring I'm leading you know, our financing partners, our legal team, our accounting team, right? All the people that we need to acquire business. And let me actually take a step back because I, I do want to maybe intrigue some of your listeners who are product managers and potentially thinking, you know, could acquisitions or private equity even be something that I'm eventually interested in in the future? Uh, because I'll be honest, when I first kind of thought about the idea of private equity, I was like, that is so far out. I'm not, I didn't go to wall. I didn't, you know, spend time on wall street. I didn't get an MBA, like all this stuff. Right. But what I did realize is once I dove into it again, I kind of made the connection. It's not too different or similar uh, or different than, than private and um, product management. So let me, let me explain. So private equity is, is a little bit different from venture capital and venture capital is focused on early stage startups and they, you know, they do the same thing. They raise a bunch of money. They find great founders with great ideas. Some of them may not have revenue yet, but they have a great team. They have a great um, idea and everything like that. And they're essentially uh, backing those founders. So that way they have enough runway to, to see that through. And if they do well, then, then that venture capital firm or venture capitalist or angel will see some of those returns, right? Private equity is a little bit different. Their business model is looking after existing businesses that have a good track record under their belt already, whether that's three years or more. Some, you know, every private equity firm has a different thesis, but usually it's established growth companies that you know either they already have a team, they have consistent revenue, 
or they've, you know, that company has been around. And the private equity firm, what they'll do is they'll effectively acquire the, that business. Um, so that way they build up their own portfolio of businesses that they can then uh, improve or help improve by bringing in, you know, maybe a new CEO or new individual uh, or new team. And, you know, at the end of that, with the hope of improving that business or optimizing it or exiting it to someone else, whether it's an IPO uh, or something, maybe an acquisition of another kind, they then get the upside, right? So the risk there is a little bit lower, but you can actually own effectively a you know multi-million dollar business on you know day one of acquisition, right? As opposed to let's say you get a million dollar uh, funding amount and you go out and you start a company and then there's a, a higher chance that it fails, that million dollars just is gone, right? It, I mean, you probably learned a lot, but to your the investors, to the people that you took that million dollar from, they effectively lost, right? So that's why I like private equity. And, you know, I actually, what I've, what I've realized is that, you know, product managers are great at potentially even being these operators for these businesses, right? So if you're, let's say a product manager right now, and you've been in, you've been in product management for a long time, you know how to manage teams and people and communicate, and you've always wanted to take that jump into starting your own company, but you always, you know, hear that there's a lot of potential risk and there's failure and, and there's not, and it's all very true. There's a lot of risk involved with that. I would actually maybe shift your thinking about saying, can I be the founder or sorry, the, the owner, the CEO of an existing company that just needs a new direction, that needs a new perspective. And, and you then become that person that in a way, you know, people say product managers like the mini CEO of a company or, you know, uh, the, of the product, you effectively could be the CEO, right, of a new or of an existing company and, and essentially manage those people or bring on, you know, the developers, the marketers, the designers to retune an existing company. And that's really where my focus is on right now is I'm actually, you know, I started off with, um, you know, being the CEO of an existing company that we acquired. And what I've realized is that I want to find other product managers to be the operators, right? to be the people that have the expertise, the communication, leadership skills, and, and, and kind of have a pool of talent that I can choose from to say, hey, you know, you, you've always wanted to start a company. You've always wanted this, this financial freedom that's, you know, becoming an entrepreneur offers you, but you, you maybe, maybe you, you don't like the risk. Uh, your, your risk tolerance is a little bit lower than, than, let's say, you know, others who want to start a business. Then maybe you can consider being an operator uh, of one of our portfolio companies, right? Um, because again, the core skill sets are there, and and then you can essentially uh, lead that company to higher growth, uh, like you're probably already doing at your at your at the company that you're working for right now, right? So that's kind of what I would say. My shameless plug is, <laughs> if I if I may, is is really you know for all your listeners out there, it, it's it's. Not only am I trying to educate you on this new world, because I think there's going to be a huge shift of acquisition entrepreneurs that are starting to rise. I'm, I'm seeing it now more and more because of my exposure to it. 
but there's going to be a lot of people who are going to look at acquisitions as a new means of, of being an entrepreneur because of this idea that there are a lot of baby boomers who are, uh, you know, retiring and there's this great wealth transfer that's going to happen where they're going to, they're going to need new leaders to step in and either operate those businesses or take them to the next level. And I think there's no better, better time now than now for product managers who have experience, especially in tech, who can be the, the new CEOs of these companies um, if they're willing to, and, 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 and they have a true passion for that, that space. I completely agree. I even jokingly uh, said that like, I feel like politicians should all have to go through product management training and like government officials because like they get elected to solve problems, or at least that's what they campaign on. Right. But who like what skill set is better to solve hard problems than product managers? So. Um, so, yeah, whether it's government officiating or uh, becoming a uh, private equity uh, fund individual or someone who's becoming CEO of, of these companies uh, through private equity acquisition. Um, I, I completely agree. Like product managers are, are very well suited to do that. Yeah, I was going to say, I agree. I agree. And it's uh, one of the things that, you know, I've seen as well is it's, I'm very proud that I, that I can say that I have gone through being a product manager and I've had the years because it is, again, I think a very, uh, a very valuable profession that can go anywhere. So before we go, I did want to touch on a leadership a little bit more because, because you mentioned how leadership is one of those, those core skills that, that transfer. So if someone were, were talking to you and said, you know, Rich, I want to be a better leader, but like, what does that look like? What would your advice be to them? I have always believe that leadership is the ability to act the way that you would want your team to act. Meaning, I'll, and I'll use it in a reference to, um, to fitness, right? I personally, uh, I, I, I love fitness, health and wellness. And if I were ever to... Um, try to get someone to go to the gym or, or, you know, get fitter, I wouldn't just tell them, Hey, go to the gym. Here's the workout, you know, follow this, follow this procedure. You know, this is what I'm doing. I would actually go with them, right? If I truly want them to, to get in shape or they, you know, there's a sense of purpose, uh, to, to help them. And I would, I would go to the classes with them. I would show them that I'm doing the work that I also know this, this area, this industry or, and, and offer to help them that way, as opposed to, again, just telling. And so I believe leadership is, 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 is the act of being able to, um, at any moment, being able to act alongside your, your team, right? Because at the end of the day, it's a team effort. And I think people respect other leaders who understand what they're going through but can also do the work themselves, right? Um, as opposed to maybe what people always refer to as like a, a manager, which is just telling you what to do. And sometimes you feel like that person can never do <laughs> that role. I mean, effectively, yes, a lot of people, managers will hire smarter people so that they can do the, the role. But I love to work with leaders who 
know that industry, that know that space and can sometimes work alongside me when it comes to figuring out a problem, right? So I, my definition of leadership is really being able to act alongside your team um, because I think it just motivates them and it shows them that you're in it, you're in it with them. It's not, it's not a one-sided, um, one-sided team. It's, 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 it's all for, all for one. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. all for one. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Right. And like something kind of adjacent to fitness is sports. And anybody that knows me knows I'm a big LSU football fan and they just hired some new coaches and one just came from the league. Uh, one is a linebacker coach that wears cleats to practice and actually does the drills with the kids. And, and you can tell the difference between yes. kind of the, the former regime who is kind of the, the point and yell type of people, more of the manager type versus the leader who got in the dirt with them and was showing them how to do it because they had that confidence. And even though they may, may not be playing the game today, they know how to do it because they've done it and they're able to show it even if it's not at that elite speed level, they used to be able to perform themselves. So yeah. I, I think uh, whether it's fitness or sports or, or work, like that that whole leadership definition translates really well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Love it. Cool, cool, man. So, um, so again, but before we go, if someone is interested in getting, uh, like, I guess, into the private equity space, uh, wants to connect with you, uh, how would they do that? So... One of the best ways to connect with me right now would be uh, through uh, LinkedIn. You can you can find me. Um, just do a quick search for Rich Sanchez. Uh, you could also look for Product Fit, which I effectively started as my first company, but uh, I'm using it as a as a channel as a way to, uh, like I said, train, mentor, improve product managers, so that way they can either decide to go on to become, you know, heads of their own companies or, you know, uh, higher executive levels uh, at, at their companies or effectively uh, be operators on the portfolio companies that we have, right? Um, so you can find, find me there. Um, and you can also check out aproductfit.com. Uh, that's where we will be kind of putting out more content related to acquisitions and private equity and just this whole new world that that exists when it comes to internet and tech businesses uh, and how to acquire them, because, like I said, private equity is is a game of um, understanding the the business that you're going after and knowing that you have an edge or knowing that you have something that you can improve uh, improve them on. So, yeah, awesome, awesome. So uh, I'm going to link your LinkedIn and the Product Fit website into the show notes. So if you're listening, make sure you go into the show notes, click on that and you'll have direct access to, to Rich and to the a Product Fit website if you're interested in uh, getting mentored or uh, learning more about what's coming in private the private equity world and uh, an acquisitions. So Rich, thanks so much for jumping on again. I know it was a pleasure to reconnect and thanks for sharing. Likewise, thanks, John. Thanks for joining me today on Lessons in Product Management. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. The link to our YouTube channel, Path to Product, is in the show notes, and you'll also see the link to donate if you want to help support the podcast financially. For as little as 99 cents a month, you can help me bring you more content on the podcast, the YouTube channel, and future product management books that are in the works. More details to come. And as always, if you're looking to land your first PM role, 
Join us at pathtoproduct.io where you'll get the hands-on experience you need to land your first PM job. You'll find the link to Path to Product in the show notes as well as the other links. And thank you again. I'll see you next time on Lessons in Product Management.